Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. So listen, folks, you know, everything that we always want to talk about is how does an entrepreneur go from hello to yes? How does an entrepreneur work through all of their different gyrations and from one business to another to find the place where they could really, you know, sit down and, and achieve that that space of fulfillment that like, wow, this is really what I wanted to do. This is my calling. This is how I could help make the world a better place. This is how I create, create, create generational wealth. This is how I could create a legacy by really giving and serving other people. And, you know, every once in a while, things, things just happen in our lives. And, you know, for me, my son Riley um, has played basketball with another child. His, his name is Chase. And um, his dad and I have known each other for about five years. Very just like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Kind of conversations. But along the way, you know, we, we grew cr- closer and closer. And today... This is a special treat for all you folks out there. I have with me Jordan Bejant. What's up, Jordan? How are you? doing, brother? Doing great. Jordan Bejant, the story he's about to share with you is incredible. I don't, you know, I've never really interviewed somebody like this, so I'm really excited about it. Um, And, you know, just to be able to follow the journey and, and be able to follow where he's been, where is he now and where he's going is pretty incredible. So once we get into all that, um, you know, I'd love to be able to kind of share that pro- part of the process. But before we get going, Jordan, where are you originally from? From Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey's yeah. in the house, everybody. Yeah, North Central Jersey. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is that where you, like, grew up? Like, primary school, up. high school kind of thing? The whole thing. The whole thing. Uh. It was a great Italian immigrant town. Is, is that so, where you are, Italian? No. We're I'm Polish. Oh, you're Polish? Polish. Okay. But all the Italians adopted me, so I had some great Sunday meals. Oh, uh, a lot of meatballs and spaghetti. A lot Chicken of Chicken parm. A lot of, like, sleeping on the uh, couch in between courses. And so. we say fried galamad here, right? We don't say fried calamari. <laughs> no, you right? For all no. you folks out there, outside of New Jersey, we do say fried galamad. Um, so Berkeley Heights, man, what was it like? What was your, what was your younger days? What sports were you into? What was your family? Uh, I had a siblings? great family. My, uh, my mom and dad were really committed to raising a family. So yeah. my dad was an attorney in New York. Oh, wow. And my mom basically said, not going to happen. You're going to be home every night for dinner. Mm. You can go back to the office after that, but you're going to be home for dinner every night. So we ate as a family every night, which I thought was great. Yeah. It was a little bit unusual these days, but, yes. um, I got a brother and sister. I'm the baby of the crew, and uh, Berkeley Heights is just a—it's a boring town as a kid to grow up in, but it's a great town to raise a family. Safe, yeah, it's safe. Right? And Everybody knew each other's business. Yeah, you just—you left your doors unlocked. Yeah, you, everyone knew each other. You yeah. played with your neighbors. You did everything. You know, yep. it was great. Awesome. So, and what high school did you go to? I went to a public school called Governor Livingston. Okay. How, how was that? In it was situation? great. I mean, yeah. small, same kids from grammar school. Same kids. You yeah. grew up, and every class was the same kids. You knew everybody since they were three. So. Wow. So you still have any of those roots, those connections? I got a lot of those roots. Um, I got a lot of those friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're just a lot older. So you know, that's an interesting point because I, I grew up in Bayonne, right? So some of my very best friends to this day are the kids that I spent time in the schoolyard with. So when I when I you and I both live in the same area, how is it for you? Growing up where you grew up, knowing where we live now and different relationships, 
How does that how does that operate in your system? Well, For you, me, I'm 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 more of a guarded person, right? right? Until the shell goes down, then I'll you know open up and have a lot of fun. I'm not saying that was you, but I know that was me just because of my roots. Did yeah. you notice that about anything? In, in I did. You know, it's uh, it's interesting since we lived in New York City for 20 years. Oh wow! New York was a lot s more similar to a small town in New Jersey than you'd think, and it's primarily because in New York, as a parent, you couldn't let your kid go do anything by themselves. So you had to spend all the time with them, right? Yeah. You can't just open up the back door and let them go run around. Now, you as a child lived there, or you you as no, a parent? As a parent. Okay, got as it. As a parent, so we were there until my oldest was 11. Wow. So we've lived here for nine years now, but before that, we lived in the city the whole time. And then, you know, you would grow up. When I was growing up, we had a 1,700-square-foot house. Yeah. So you were on top of each other. Yep. And it's the same thing in New York, Yeah. right? So there was one television, and you had to figure out what the whole family was going to watch. Right? Yes, yes. So it's a lot different <laughs> than here. So, you know, that transition from a small town in New Jersey to college and then to New York City – was a good transition for me to get to here. It's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, wh wh where did you go to college? I went to Vanderbilt University. Okay. I played football at Vanderbilt. Did you really? What I, position? Well, I actually sat at, at, at Vanderbilt. But what were you? What were you? So doing? I was a slot and a kick place kicker. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Even if you told me that, I don't remember. So I apologize. No, no worries. Yeah, yeah. I probably did. I probably <laughs> did. But I sat. It Dude, a, that's it was so a great experience. Were you were you a good high school player? Like no, in the area. No, I mean, uh, was, was your team good? Was no, it, we were terrible. We were absolutely terrible, but I um, I walked on and just tried to be a place kicker. I was a I was an all state soccer player. Oh, you were, and so I walked okay. on and just tried to kick and just thought it would be fun to do. And um, you know, to me, I saw my opportunity. My head coach at the time, um, after my freshman year, he left, and the second coach was a guy named Jerry Leonardo, and he was a New York guy. Yeah, and. Uh, so his dad used to come to practice every day. And his dad and our basketball coach's dad, a guy named Eddie Fogler, they were both cab drivers in New York City. Eddie Fogler. Eddie Fogler. He went and went to South Carolina. And, yeah. and he, was, he had a pretty good career. He was at Wichita State Flyer. But, his um, name is so familiar to me. Yeah, he was a really good coach. Really yeah. good. And Jerry went on to coach at LSU and Indiana and okay. some other places. But um, their dads were always on the sidelines, so I just started talking to their dads. And this is during high school? No, this is during college. Okay. And uh, and I'm pretty sure that the only reason why I was still on the team uh, is because both their dads liked me. Okay. And I entertained their dad during practice. <laughs> so. so you learned influence and proximity yeah. at a very young age. An opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Tremendous. Yeah. For all you entrepreneurs out there, influence with integrity, proximity. Proximity is power. We learn that through the process of really understanding if somebody has what you want, and if somebody is proven in what you're trying to get, you could turn decades into days by standing on their shoulders, doing what they did and they had 10%, right? Do what they did and they had 10%. So what Jordan just shared, which I think is really cool, thank you for that, is, um, you know, all-state soccer player, not an easy thing in New Jersey, goes to college and becomes a, a place kicker. Uh, during that time, he created good relationships with people that, that genuinely liked him. So likability is another tool of influence. And at the end of the day, because of influence proximity, he was able to, an entertainment, good communicator, right? So even if you're not comfortable communicating, sit in a mirror, read something out loud, watch yourself as you're reading something out loud, get in your nervous system. It'll really help you to be able to articulate that in other parts of your life. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic, Epic. Financial Strategies Podcast. 
Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.